Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's the regular music, but we could have been playing island music because for episode 93 and 94, the Ryan Smith episode, Craig Button is down south. Where are you, Mr. Button? And you deserve a vacation because while I was in Nashville and Greece in the summer, you were working. So you know what? I am happy, happy that you're down in Cabo San Lucas. So, you know, found eight days where I could get away. And, and you're right. Like it was a season was busy through the summer. And now this is a little bit of time to sit back and relax and have a little bit of uh, sun fun time. So there's no way that uh, Ken Volden, Mike Lang, Jason Palter, or even Steve Dryden can get a hold of you. Will you be blocking their calls down there? <laughs> And not so they can find out, <laughs> you know, you just, Oh, sorry. I was out. I did that. I'm not a blow. I'm not a blow. They all know where I'm at. They, it's all great and everything. And you know, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, I've been doing, you, you know, you know what you have to do. You have to get all your work done ahead of time so that you can just sit back and enjoy. And that's what we'll do. So lots going on. We'll save the hall of fame stuff for our final segment. Uh, we'll get into sports interaction and who we like this week coming up in just a bit, of course. So it's kind of like a month in. We've already talked about goal scoring, but we have four division leaders in Boston, New Jersey, Winnipeg, and Vegas. Whether we agree whether they're going to run the table or they're all going to at one point lose the first place spot and some will regain it or not. So that's a sexy story. Then on the other side, Anaheim team 32, Columbus team 31, Buffalo's lost five in a row. Blues have won a couple, but have they really turned it around? And maybe the mess in Vancouver. If this was not Hall of Fame Monday right now, it reminds me of the Leafs with Mike Babcock, that they would have fired Mike Babcock after, I guess, the Pittsburgh debacle, but they were going to Vegas, so they gave him one more game, and then he got Marc-Andre Fleury with that great save. (laughs) And then they eventually fired Babcock, and statistically, Sheldon Keefe's done very good since he's been the head coach of the Leafs. If this wasn't Hall of Fame Monday and what happened to Bruce Boudreaux Saturday and Sunday, and we love Bruce, and is it just time? Is Bruce sadly dead man walking and talking, Craig? He was dead man walking last spring. And Jim Jim Rutherford's the one that put him in that spot. Nobody else. You know, when you, you know, I, 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 you look at what Bruce did. He, 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 
reinstalled a, a faith and hope and excitement into the Vancouver Canucks in his 57 games last year. And it went, you know, just coming and falling short of making the playoffs. And then Jim and went through the oddest of dances, the oddest of oddest of dances, <laughs> you know, with, with Bruce. And, you know, ultimately Bruce decided to stay there. Very clear that Jim wants a different coach in there. So get a different coach in there. I don't think it's about Bruce. Bruce has got a tremendous record as a coach. He's, he, he's a good coach. He's, he's a, he's a top-notch coach. But manager, president, you, you get to choose who you want as your coach. Get your coach that you want in there and stop with the dance. And stop with the public lashing of, of, of your team and your, and your coach. It, like, it, it, it's not doing anybody any good. And, you know, Jim, Jim is a Hall of Famer. And, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm sure he's sitting here thinking about how difficult it is to make a move. You just got to do it. Difficult moves are the ones that are the, are the ones that give you the most angst. But it, 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 right now, there's no other option for, for Jim. Because that's what he wants. I'm not speculating here. It's what he wants. Anything, any, anything he says to the contrary, I'm not buying. Yeah, I think the real truth is he laid all his cards on the table in the spring, as you said. We were maybe Homer Simpson, don't do 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 do, or I was don't do do. I'm not really sure what he's saying. I heard what he said on After Hours, and at that point, that was if that wasn't the first shot across the bow, um, they're too good to finish. 32 31 or 30 right like that's that's how you get the first pick and i guess if and i saw what you said about adam fantilli if he's second like arizona maybe eventually montreal like do they think they're going to get that bad or do you say no now's the time to say brock Besser's available for a matthew dumba type defenseman that's where we improve jt miller we maybe shouldn't have signed him we're willing to trade him to the east you know pick a team and we want at least one defenseman back. Is is that what you mean by bold, that he sets him up for next year? Surely people in Vancouver don't really think they could be as bad as, you think they're, you think they could bottom out to be Anaheim, Columbus, or somebody else? Like, is that what they're dreaming of? And is that dreaming in Technicolor, Batman? I, I don't think they're dreaming of that, Steve, but but certainly, you know, that's where they find themselves. Like, and, and it's one thing to say, oh, that's not where we thought we'd be. Well, that's not where we want to be, but that's where you are. So, you know, and, and we can talk about it till the end of time. Until they get better defensemen, they're, they're, they're challenged. They're challenged significantly. And with the turmoil surrounding Bruce and, uh, you know, the players are all affected by that. And until that gets corrected, you know, it, it, it's, it's there. It's lingering. It's lingering. It's like, it's like a skunk that comes through the neighborhood. You, you go, geez, it really doesn't smell very good around here. And, you know, you're kind of happy that the skunk didn't get you, but the, the smell and the stench is all around you. And, and that's where, and so it doesn't matter. That's why, again, when I go back to Jim, like, you, you know, you've changed coaches before. Nobody wants to change coaches. It's not a pleasant thing. And Bruce is a, is a terrific person. And, but, you know, I think that's the first step. And then you got to start improving your team. And, and there's only one way that team improves by getting better defensemen. It's the only way. There's no, you don't need forwards. You got to, you, you, you signed Mikheyev, you signed Kuzmenko, you, you know, you, you drafted LaCaramacchi. You got good, you're going to have to make moves. You're going to have to make moves. I, I go back to it just because it's the ultimate win-win. We need a second line center or a 1A center, 1B center to play with Madano. We have to trade Jerome McGinley. Do you think we wanted to trade Jerome McGinley? No, 
but we, we were looking at Joe Newendike. We were staring at Joe Newendike. Like, are you kidding me? You don't sit there and go, well, we can't really do that. We got this really good young player. So for, for Jim with his really good stable of forwards, he's, he's got to make some moves. I, I wouldn't call them bold, Steve. I would call them necessary. Well, the rumblings are, if you watched ESPN yesterday, and I did, uh, Kevin Weeks has become a pretty good insider, dropped Rick Tockett's name and the Tockett-Jim Rutherford connection. So whether we have to wait a day after Hall of Fame induction Monday and something happens, I'm just guessing, I'm not an insider, I'm guessing that something will be done in Vancouver before U.S. Thanksgiving. So this kind of nicely brings us to, you know, the Vancouver Canucks losing to Boston. Boston 14 and two at press time. The Devils have won nine in a row. The Jets with another big win are playing great hockey uh, under the new coaching staff and good for Rick Bonus. And then we've got Vegas. Is it unrealistic to think these four teams are basically almost going to go wire to wire? Who's most vulnerable? Because I wouldn't mind making a bet on sports interaction and bet that none of them end up winning their divisions only because I think the odds are really good. Is it most realistic that probably Boston and Vegas do and probably Winnipeg and the Devils don't? Well, so here's what I'll say. Yes, I I think that that would be a good bet. So now, and and let's go to the Central. He got the Colorado Avalanche there. So, I mean, and as good as Winnipeg is playing, to me, Colorado is is too good. And and, and they will ultimately find themselves at the top of the Central Division. That, that's how I see it playing out, right? You know, it's interesting with Vegas because St. Louis went in there, played a really good game, played a really good game and beat Vegas. So, you know, I you know beating San Jose at home, but it was the back-to-back and going in there and winning. I'm really impressed with what, the, with what St. Louis did, you know. You know, you, because you win that one game at home against San Jose, does it really matter if you don't go back in the next game and win? It kind of feels like, oh, we're right back where we started. So I think it's something to build on for there. I, I think I watched Calgary play so great against uh, Vegas. I still think Calgary and Edmonton can challenge Vegas. But I, I'll give you Vegas there. The New Jersey Devils are a good team. They're a good team. Didn't you love the fact that what they did with uh, Lindy? Sorry, Lindy. Yeah. Didn't we talk like, about that on a podcast that we they, no, they sh- no right? we didn't. No, we didn't talk about it. Anyway, it was unbelievable like to hear that. Unbelievable. And to hear Lindy talk about it after. You know, you've heard me say this many times. You love the fans' passion. And when their team isn't playing well, they, they express that passion in different ways. And when they're winning, it, it, it's expressed in a fun, exciting way. I just have so much respect for the fan base there because they, they recognize they were wrong. <laughs> like, you know, and, you know, and like, I get it. You're mad. You're going kind. But it was, it was, it was such, a, a, such a neat gesture by the Devils fan base. And I think when you consider, you know, where the Devils, the Devils are a good team. They got good defense. They got really good forwards. Those younger forwards are right. He's sure Jack Hughes are a one-two punch. It's really good. They're not McDavid dry cycle. It's not, it's not, but that's a really good one-two punch. And I'll tell you what, I'm betting on Boston like you stayed in first place. They're a good team. Half a sled home. What an addition that was. All right. And because it didn't win last year, people forgot about it. Now, three more apples. Norris Trophy consideration. He held the four till McAvoy gets back. Now, whether they play them together or not, it's almost like Pronger and Niedermeyer. You play them separately. They're almost going to be on the ice for the entire game if they each play, you know, 
fake almost 30 minutes. If they play 25 each, that's 50 minutes. It's, it's huge. So now with what Boston's done, it feels, because I, I never was buying, you know, the Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo stuff, and Buffalo's smelling like a skunk in the last five games, that if Boston's one and the other three in the Atlantic end up going two to four, the real issue might be that New Jersey, the way they're playing, and the Islanders are threatening Pittsburgh and Washington. I always say on any show I do, if you're going to add someone in the playoff mix, now you need the balls to take someone out. So what it could be is the Devils and Islanders' strong play and strong first month threaten the banged-up Capitals, who are banged up. I mean, they got you know $40 million on injured reserve. And then the Penguins, who have been middling, but as you said, maybe turning it around. That's kind of what I see, unless you believe in a Detroit or a Montreal. Those other teams are better, but are they better, better to knock off one of the so-called big three in the Atlantic, Craig? That's the sexiness of the first month of the season, isn't it? It is the sexiness of the first month of the season. And you know what? We're going to get into future in the future about the future Hall of Fame bets. And we're going to, we just talked about the top of the divisions. Next podcast, we'll talk about the bottom of the league and where you should place your bets. All right. It's time now for KB on Ice and Inside Look at the NHL, brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook 19 plus. Please play responsibly. We've got Sunshine. And it's time to make a little uh, money. I was going to say moonshine, but that used to be illegal. <laughs> money time, Craig. What do you got? Yeah, well, it's Hall of Fame Monday, and you know, in a future episode, we should have we should play the long bets. Who's the next player? Players to go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Something that would be fun to do on this Monday. St. Louis into Colorado. St. Louis seems to have steadied themselves. Big test against Vegas, and they won. They're not going to win in Colorado. Tuesday. Penguins host the Maple Leafs. I like the Penguins at home. They're starting to play better. And on Wednesday night, a replay of the first-round playoffs, Edmonton, L.A. I like the L.A. Kings going into Edmonton. Edmonton seems a little wobbly right now, Mr. Coolius. Well, I'm coming right back at you. Oilers win against the Kings head-to-head. They're going to need this as a bit of a hello, and I'm assuming it's going to be Stuart Skinner, and I'm going to go McDavid gets two points in that game. Monday, Devils lose to Montreal. Montreal beats the Devils. The losing streak or the winning streak ends. Losing streak starts for the Devils. And payback game, Carolina loses to Colorado. Then they get them home on Thursday. I'll take Carolina over Colorado. So we're going head-to-head, and that's what sports interaction is all about. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you want to get involved, don't forget Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook. Log on to SIA.com forward slash cool button pod to sign up and deposit today. And remember, when you play, please gamble responsibly. Craig, you, like I, like Bruce and millions of others, love Hockey Hall of Fame weekend. From the emotion in Toronto, Toronto-Pittsburgh ceremony on Friday. The emotion of Toronto-Vancouver, Boria on Saturday. The Lindros-Sundin game. People who were there loved all of that. Into six new inductees, of course. Five in the player category and one in the builder category. So I don't know where in that serving of Baskin-Robbins that you want to start. But I'm telling you, 
I cried like a baby all weekend, and I'm going to cry like a baby on Monday night. Uh, I, I mean, you, you, you see, you know what the words are, and I think we're talking right about Boria. You know, Boria saw me, and, you know, I heard things, I heard players that played with him describe him as indestructible. Bob Clark told me he was the toughest player he ever played against. Bob Clark said that. He's like in terms of just playing the game and no matter what was thrown his way, how tough he was, not only as a player, but in standing up to all the challenges. Bob Clark said that about Borea Soma. He said that years ago. So, you know, and, and Borea comes out and, and you see Daryl Sittler and I, I don't know how you don't get a tear in your eye. I, I don't know how you don't. I, I, I was saying this, I saw Borea probably about five years ago. I was over in Sweden and I saw him and a friend of mine that I worked with knew, knew Borea from his hometown in Karunda, way up north. And, you know, you, you looked at him and you go, oh my God, it was like, are you going to go suit up? You look like you could play. <laughs> and so the respect, and, and keep in mind, a lot of people don't remember Borea saw me playing. And so with the three Swedes going into the Hockey Hall of Fame, the Toronto Maple Leafs starting the Swedes, uh, Nylander and Oliver ekman Larson. I mean, it, it, it was touching. And Steve, you, you, I, I think there'll be tears all through that Hall of Fame ceremony on Monday night. Yeah, good for Sheldon Keefe to recognize the moment. Uh, good for good for both coaches. I mean, and Bruce has a Salmon connection. We go back to Bruce Boudreaux uh, and, a, and a Salmon connection. Bruce Boudreaux has one career hat trick in the NHL. Boreas Salming assisted on all three goals, Craig. <laughs> they showed the handwritten game sheet from the late 70s. I, I, I mean, wow. And the thing about Salming and Clark in the 76 Canada Cup, that unbelievable standing ovation that Salming received at Maple Leaf Gardens, Bobby didn't like it at the time. He thought, why should Salming get a bigger ovation than the Team Canada players? I guess later he did get it. But what he meant... And do you understand what a pioneer is? A pioneer goes into a forest where there's trees. There's not a farmland. A pioneer leaves his country and goes to another country. And they got to start with nothing and from scratch. Borea comes over and is abused verbally and mentally and physically. And he just, he skated in 73 the way we do in 2023. He was ahead of his time. The edge work, I just said to my dad, I want to be Borea Salming. I want to skate like Borea. Borea was the Jetsons. He was the future. Like, <laughs> was the future man in everything the vision and, and and all of it and i know we're gonna hear from alfie and henrik and daniel about what he brought to the table and if it wasn't for boria yeah there would have been somebody else but it might have taken longer you know canadian players obviously number one then americans swedes are the third biggest make makeup of players in the national hockey league you know what I mean? And if their country was 10 times bigger, they'd probably have 10 times more yep. players in the league. Like we know all those types of numbers and it took time because at the beginning it was coming over here, taking our jobs and that kind of narrative. You don't think Peter Forsberg was tough. You don't think Boris oh. Salming was tough and everything else. And I'll be honest with you, there's a Canadian Swede connection and it's mostly just through hockey. And, and it is Craig. And it started with Boria. It went through how they love, Daniel Alfredson in Ottawa, the Sedins in Vancouver, uh, and Forsberg kind of everywhere. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist in New York. I, and I think it's a great way that this is not the North American or the Canadian Hall of Fame. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
And we're going to see all of the, you can't plan special. You go out with your wife for dinner, you go to a vacation, you meet another couple, you laugh, there's a fire pit, there's jokes and, you know, it just happens again. All of that stuff, you can say, well, here's what we're planning. And then you let it go. We plan for Borea to come in and have a pretty good career. That last 50 years from the second he started to what happens tonight, it's all magic organically. That's how I look at it. Yeah, well, you know, and, you know, you talk about you watch Borea. So you happen to be growing up in Toronto. And so you got to see Borea, the great 21 skate and everything, right? And, you know, so now he becomes somebody that you like. Like it, it was him because of the way he played the game. It didn't matter that he was Swedish or whatnot. It was the way he played the game. And and that drew uh, your your eyes to him and, and he grabbed your attention. And you, you think about the, the international game and you, you, you're, you, you're talking about pioneers. Like he not only leaving Sweden in a support group and his family and his friends, right? He's coming into an environment where there's this real animosity towards him, real animosity. And he is just going to go out and play and play brilliantly. And you think about how he did it and, and the manner he did it with that high-end skill. And you, you, you cannot be on ice, but just consider, he said, I'm going to the NHL. Come hell or high water, <laughs> I'm going to try to give it my very best. Well, Boria, you did better than give it your very best. You, you, you put on a show of excellence throughout your career. And, you know, I think it's a good time probably for us to recognize, you know, it's we, we, something – such as ALS, which is a horrific disease, afflicts lots of people. Chris Snow, the assistant general manager in Calgary, is going through it and, you know, you know, trying to find a way to, uh, you know, try different things and to stay functioning. He is. He's doing a great job. And, you know, life is life is precious. And life sometimes can hang, can hang on a sliver. And, you know, you think about the Hall of Fame, we see all those players walking in with their Hall of Fame jackets. They'll be in attendance. Obviously, the cameras will be on Boria. Right. But, you know, look at those Hall of Famers and I, I will tell everybody listening, go look up some of the career stats of those Hall of Famers. You, you'll see their names. You'll see them. They're a little bit older, but they're in the Hall of Fame for their brilliance and their excellence. So, you know, just we're going to celebrate the new class. Well, let's celebrate all the classes. Well said, my friend, as we touch on 2022, let's talk about the Sedins. Um, oh. You know, when they first came in, it was a tougher league to play in. Uh, we, we needed to change things. So they kind of were learning on the job, maybe like a young giraffe coming out of the, the, the mother's womb and kind of, you know, there was some awkwardness. But once it started to click, they changed the game. Like knowing where each other was, the whole the low-high cycle. I watched Minnesota the other night. Matt Boldy to KK97 tips it in. That's the Sedin high tip. Like they changed the game and showed that, you know what? Trent Clad or Anson Carter, you can be on the line, but us two are lying by themselves. They were wonder twin powers activate. I just loved it. And a time when you had, you know, the Canucks with Bertuzzi and Nasland, uh, Morrison and the Sedins at number two, they, that you stayed up for West coast hockey to watch, you know, those two lines, but these two guys, they were almost, once you had them, you had a line, you had a team. And you know what I say they had? They had magic, Craig. So they did. And when I think about it too, when you hear new music, what's the first thing that comes in your mind? You go, oh, geez, that's kind of 
cool. Who, who sings that, right? We know all the old artists. We know the ones that have pumped out the uh, the Grammys and the, the, the number one hits and everything that goes with it. But when we hear that new music for the first time, we're kind of going, oh, that's a, whether it be a new sound, a powerful voice, a band, whatever it may be. Right. And, and that's how we get new music into the in, in, into the in, in, into our space. Well, what the Sedins did is they brought up you, your, your word magic because, you know, and the people are going, what are they doing? Well, what they were doing was being creative and using their imaginations and showing us that the game could be played in a in a different way and in, in, in a highly effective way. And, and that's where, you know, we talk about creativity and, and opening our minds to that and you have to give them credit because not only did they have brilliant talents but they were allowed to display those people didn't stifle them i i, I still like it and i don't even want to mention it but like you know i still see this all the time young players coming into the nhl whatever young they, they play a position and then coaches go and put them in a different position in a different role and then they're mad at them when they don't play that role. like yeah like what are you doing like, you don't ask the trombone player to play the trumpet, you know? You don't ask the trumpet player to play the, the, the organ or the piano, right? Like, you, everybody's got to do their part. And they get it's not that they can't play it, but it's not their skill. And I think that the Sedins were allowed to develop their game. You mentioned Morrison, Bertuzzi, and Nazem. I also think that that was an, another great situation for them to come into the league where they, where they, could, they could find their way. You, you know, I, I can never talk about the Sedins without giving Brian Burke the greatest due because there is no draft move ever in the history. Not Guy Lafleur, not Sam Pollock with Guy Lafleur. He, he just got the first pick. What Brian Burke did to get the second and third picks, we will never see that again. It was brilliant. I, I've said this before. The rest of the league, me included, we're all thinking, how are they going to play a part? Brian Burke was focused in on how they're going to play together. Just brilliant. Well, that kind of nicely translates, uh, transitions us to Roberto Luongo. I don't know if it was a 24-7 or a draft special. I just know the clip in my mind. There was a conversation between Mike Milbury and Don Waddell. And in the conversation, Waddell is talking to Milbury, and then Milbury says, I just traded Roberto Luongo. Don Waddell was like, oh, oh my goodness. He just traded a franchise goalie, whether he knew he wanted Ricky Pietro in the future more. Or he was, I don't know. But we work so hard to get a goalie. We draft the goalie fourth overall that goes on to absolute greatness. And I can, I'm not rhyming off numbers today because we don't need it. All he did was win. And when you've got in any era basically a 920 save percentage and you are either the best or among the best goalies for 20 years, you don't give them up. And that's when I think of Roberto, I just think of save after save, especially in the toughness of Florida in the early going. And then in front of a good team, he gave them a chance to go right to the very end. And then in front, in front of a great team, he helped win. Remember, Marty Brodeur struggled. Louie went in, and he did the Minnesota fats. As you know, Craig, he ran the table to gold. So, okay, you're talking about Don Waddell, right? I had taken over as general manager of the Calgary Flames, 2000. The draft was in Calgary. Now, I couldn't be involved in, in the actual drafting of players, but I could be involved in everything else. I... Uh, Mike Milbury and I had long discussions. He had offered Roberto Luongo to us in Calgary for Derek Morris. So I can look back in hindsight. I, I mean, I really liked Derek. I really thought Derek, a right shot defenseman, a, a, a linchpin on the blue line. I, I wanted to be a little bit more patient and, you know, get in there before making a move like that right off the bat. I, I, I think it's pretty clear that I should have said yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've, never yes. I've never heard That's this story. I've never heard this story. It's a true story. Wow. He, and Mike was very, Mike was very clear. Mike was very clear. He goes, if you want Luongo, it's Morris. You know, if you want Luongo, it's Morris. And, you know, at that time, you know, before Ricky DiPietro got drafted, Roberto Luongo was the highest drafted goaltender ever. And, and let me just tell you this, right? I'd watch Roberto. It wasn't like I didn't like Roberto. It wasn't like it was like I, I had questions about Roberto's ability. It wasn't, there was none of that. It was, it was, it was about Derek Morris and, you know, go in there and not try to do it. But bottom line is, wow, I might not be talking to you today. I might still be a general manager. I might be going, I might be going into the Hall of Fame with Roberto Longo. A person can dream, can't they, Steve? Yes, yes, you're probably right. It's hey, there's a movie called Closing Doors. So they have two scripts of a woman who makes the doors and then doesn't. And in not making the doors comes home to find something at home that's not good and it changes their life. So they show the two different paths. Um, you've still done very well, my friend. And, and, and who knows what have happened? There'd been no Mika Kipperstoff in Calgary and all those other types of things. Uh, but it is interesting because then Roberto became one of the faces of Florida and yeah. obviously um, Vancouver hockey. And to me, the only face really of, of Sens hockey is Daniel Albertson. When the Sens came in, they stumbled out of the gate and all that. But soon as like Alfie got there, the long hair, and it was fun watching the Sens get to the playoffs in 97, although they lost Derek Plant and off the glove of, like the Sens had arrived. They finally, that was kind of their coming, you know, coming into the league exciting moment. Um, and they've had some struggles in the playoffs. They went to the Stanley Cup final as well. But to me, when I think of the Ottawa Senators for almost 30 years, I don't think of Yashin or Heatley and some of the other guys, God love Chris Phillips and you name it. I think of Daniel Albertson, Mr. Button. Iconic, right? And I think it's a it's an opportunity to recognize John Ferguson Sr., who really was who really pushed for Daniel Albertson uh, to be drafted there. He was an older player. So I was telling you earlier about Boria and my friend Hase Edlund, who was born in Karuna and knows Boria and everything. So we had just hired Hase Edlund with the Dallas Stars to, to scout for us in, in Sweden. He was a long, he was a captain in Prolanda, very recognized and, and very respected uh, hockey player in the Swedish Hockey League. Alfie Dahlin was really good friends with him and he had read Sweda. So leading into that draft, he kept telling us about Daniel Alfredson and Daniel Alfredson and we should take him. And he really thought he, he should play in the NHL. Like, you talk about, I just talked about, you know, saying yes, perhaps to Roberto Luongo and, and Mike Milbury. We should have said yes to Hase Edlin because he, he, he knew, he knew Daniel, but he was, he was a new scout. And what well, we should have just, we hired you. It wasn't like he was telling us to draft him in the first round. We should have just, we should have just drafted him. But, you know, I, I know John Ferguson senior, you know, loved Daniel. And, and, and I think that the same thing was going on in Ottawa. Are you sure about taking this older player? And I think it reached the point where John Ferguson said, we're taking this player right now. And you think of the face of the Ottawa Senators. There's no, there's no other face. It, it's Daniel Alfredson. He is the face of the Ottawa Senators. Terrific player. And, and, you know, one of the things, and I've had to change my thinking on this a little bit, Steve. I, I talked 500 goals. I know Daniel has 1,000 points. We talk about, oh, were you ever the best in your position? You know, I, I think if it's only about the best in your position, if it's only about 500 goals, the Hall of Fame is going to be a very small group. And some people would like it that way. I, I think Daniel Alfredson's accomplishments uh, are, uh, tell a big story and him being recognized with his Hall of Fame induction is, is completely worthy and deserving. 
Yeah, sixth round pick. And remember, he kind of got in the last offensive year and then had to go through 97 till 04, where the game was uh-huh. different. So I th- without that, then he's at 500 for sure. So I think we have yeah, to remember absolutely. that. Yeah, just like when people throw out go- coaches and goalies wins. Well, Bernie Perrant never had three-on-three hockey. Bernie Perrant didn't get to add numbers to his stats with the shootout. So just be careful when you compare. Mm-hmm. You're comparing apples and apples as and oranges and oranges too as well. Uh, before we say goodbye, uh, Rika Salonen, Swedish superstar, everything oh, she's done. Finnish, Finnish superstar. Finnish superstar. Sorry, we were on the Swedish thing, so don't forget the Finnish. She had Finnish. Uh, two bronze at the Olympics, uh, six bronze world championships, and the one silver where she led uh, her club in scoring, and she led the Olympics in scoring in 1998. Don't forget that the first time the women's were at the Olympics, she led the Olympics in scoring in Nagano, which is great. But for my final thought, I want to talk about Herb Carnegie. The famous line is, he's the best black hockey player who never played in the NHL. It's a, it's a happy, sad, again, emotional story. Think about someone, first-generation immigrant to Canada, Jamaican parents, loves hockey, loves the Toronto Maple Leafs, is a very good hockey player, a superstar at all the other leagues he played in. Would he have been a star in the NHL? Probably. Did he want to play for the Leafs? Yes. But because of the time and era, you imagine, you imagine, and I can relate to that immigrant story. You imagine being from Boston and the Celtics don't want you because you're not white. Or the Cowboys, you're a black quarterback. Wrong time. A French Canadian in Montreal. But no, he should have played for the Leafs. He wanted to play for the Leafs. And it's just sad. It's just sad. So it's going to be emotional tonight. We've come a long way since 19. 31 and everything else I get. I hope so, Craig, but that's the bad, sad part. Herb Carnegie, he he would have been at least a star, maybe a superstar. Just ask the Quebec Aces and John Bellavo. And the fact that when he quit, he still gave back to the game and started the hockey school and the future Aces. Pro- a lot of people would have walked away and said, screw you, but he didn't. Uh, it's an unbelievable story. It's it's a movie. And if we made movies in Canada, there'd be a, mo- a movie. You know what it'd be called? Herb. That's what it would be called, her. Yeah. Well, you think about it, and, and you brought up Rika Salonen, who was a great player, and the women's player, Cheryl Pounder, always talks about what a great player she was. You don't get into the Hall of Fame without being a great player, and she was everything in that. And it brings me to diversity and inclusion. And, and I was, you know, we talk about Herb Carnegie not getting the opportunity to play in the NHL. You know, as much as we think we've advanced, there's still some real challenges for us with diversity and inclusion. And uh, bottom line is, you know, the Hockey Diversity Alliance is working to try to make changes. The NHL came out with their report, right? We have a lot of work to do. And I hope that Herb Carnegie can show, can, can be an example of his selfless work, despite, you know, being prevented from playing in the NHL, because we want to ensure that everybody has an opportunity to play hockey. It's based on your skills and your talents, not anything else. And I think Herb Carnegie finally going into the National Hockey League, uh, not the, finally going into the Hockey Hall of Fame, was a great player. And let me tell you this, Punch in Black wanted Herb Carnegie with the Toronto Maple Leafs because he had him with the Quebec Aces. It was other powers to be that prevented Herb Carnegie from coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and that in and of itself is, is a sad time in the history of not only the National Hockey League, but the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well said, my friend. Well said. Well, Craig... An emotional episode. We laughed, we cried, um, and we'll laugh and cry again. It'll be a tearjerker at the Hall of Fame in Toronto on Monday. The next time you hear from us and see us on our socials, 
We'll be on to episode 94. So from the Whitby Hockey Factory and down south in, where are you again? Cabo San Lucas. If you keep saying it, they'll give you a free trip. Uh, Maybe uh, one day (laughs) I will go to Cabo San Lucas and we'll sit under that umbrella with you. For Bruce Bolton, Craig Button, I'm Steve Coolius. Be good, be well, and let's learn from the past so we can all be better in the future. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.